so much of the time we measure the success or failure on the money aspect of the launch, which is important, right? None of us got into business to only lose money. Like we got into be to create a profitable business, hopefully to exactly what you're saying. There are so many other metrics that we can use and lean on that make it a successful launch in so many other ways because you learned so, so much that you can use to do even better next time. Welcome to Check Your Aesthetic Podcast, the go-to podcast for self-starting creatives. I'm Katie Campbell, the owner of Katie Creative Co., a social media management agency located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm Alexis Aldrich, a Vermont-based content creator focused on promoting productivity that fits your unique lifestyle and growing my career in marketing and creative business strategy. On CYA, you will catch authentic conversations around entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, and the creative industry. If you're looking to grow your online following, boost your productivity, and connect with other ambitious female creatives, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey. Hey, girl. Happy middle of August. We're smack dab right in the middle of August. Mm -hmm. And this episode isn't... We are recording... Okay. We are recording so much in August. This episode is No, we are literally not, girl bosses. We are literally so successful. Um, we... Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we are... This episode's coming out, I think, like, the 26th or the 28th or something like that um, in the end of September, and it is literally August 15th. But we are doing a creator sprint. If you listen to the episode with Carson, not Carson, nope. No, Kristen. with Kristen. Yes, thank you. Um, but with Kristen, she talked about the creator sprint and Katie and I were like, okay, yes. Um, and literally... All we had to do was her to mention it one time. One time. We were like, we're immediately like, committed. Yes, thank you. Um, and literally the yeah. next Monday was August 1st. So today marks exactly two weeks that we have been doing the creator sprint and we are on our shit. Like, truly. I would just like to say if you... Um, do not follow us on Instagram. You should. And if you scroll back a couple of months now from when you're listening, you'll see we really started grinding. Um, mm-hmm. And it is really, it is really helpful. Been Yeah, it's been helpful and it's been fun for us. But on that same vein, I would like to discuss some updates that have happened to me in my business. Mm. Um, so I started putting out a weekly newsletter. This yep. Monday, today, was the second one that I put out. It's so fun. I did not think I was an email girl, both reading and writing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually really like it. It's really fun. Um, you can kind of talk differently on there than you do on social. Right. Um, and it, it, it feels kind of different. And it's really nice as somebody who works in social to be able to do marketing that isn't on social. Because totally. obviously for my clients, I'm doing social all the time. So for me, it's nice when I get to do that stuff that's not on social media. Um, so that's been really, really fun. I've really been enjoying that. If you guys want to sign up for my newsletter, you can go to the front page of, or the homepage of my website, scroll down and there's a little like sign up area right there. Um, the picture next to it, as Alexis said in my DMs is a picture from our photo shoot. And she said, my tits getting their big moment on your website. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They are. Which they, they are. That's, they're certainly on my website. Um, don't worry. She's wearing a dress guys. Don't get too excited. I know you're so not, excited right now. <laughs> this is not R-rated. We are not R-rated. Um, but yeah, in, <laughs> in the newsletter that I put out this week, I actually talked about, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I joined the Standing Desk Club um, 
we might have talked about this last week. I'm not super sure. But you know what? If we did, then it's a month and a half ago for you guys. So. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I joined the Standing Desk Club. Um, and I talked a little bit about, like, the benefits that I've seen from having, like, a dedicated workspace yeah. in um, my newsletter this week. But I definitely will keep you guys updated on kind of the updates that I'm making to make my work from home a little bit more legit. I'm just kind of getting to that point where – You know, I'm a year out from graduating grad school. I'm, you know, I've been running my business solo for a couple of months now. And I'm kind of finally getting into that groove and really trying to come up with routines and things like that. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll keep you guys updated on kind of how that goes. Um, I know that I love hearing about other people's routines. Um, So if that's something you guys are interested in, follow me on Instagram, subscribe to my newsletter, and keep listening to the pod. Yeah, I I currently am standing recording, um, which is the first time. Oh, yeah, I forgot you'd been standing the entire time. Yeah, I'm standing currently. Um, But yeah. What's the review? Honestly, I love it. It helped me, like, because one, my chair is literally the loudest chair ever. It, like, creaks and stuff. So it's been really nice to, like, know that I can kind of like move around and it's not going to be like <laughs> um but I have like the jankiest setup right now um I have like a bunch of like scad books and then like Vogue magazines um like propping up my um my computer but I really really want a um treadmill like a walking pad like so bad why are they so expensive expensive. and I I I love my desk so I don't want to I want to get I have this thing saved on Amazon that like lifts it's like a converter um but that's $150 and then the walking pad that I'm looking at is $400 and it's just like uh, like that's why I made I did see a walking pad that Jess Massey had um and Mm -hmm. it was like $315 a little better. Oh, little okay. Better. <laughs> little tiny, tiny bit, $75 less. Um, But yeah, that's why for now I have my janky setup. It kind of makes hurts my soul to look at, but it's just kind of like I'm making myself do the standing stuff so that I at least know that like I actually will be more productive and like I will actually stand. Um, And I've been doing really well in Austin actually I do want to say this that Austin will always make or used to always make fun of me because I would sit at my desk and my chair is so uncomfortable and so my butt would start hurting and I would move to either my couch in my office or the bed in my bedroom obviously and that is just like not the vibes because then I just end up like being the least productive person ever um but he noticed mm-hmm. that with me standing, I push my chair away. And then when I need like a little bit of a break, then my chair is comfortable because I'm not having sat on it for five hours. So, and like that yeah, actually that's, that's feels That's something that I really like too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's something that I've noticed too is I used to do the same thing. So I would work at my kitchen table, yeah. which I'm pointing to and nobody can see. I would work at my kitchen table, which is like from my grandmother, like, and is probably so old I don't even yeah. know how old it is but then whenever I was tired of working there I would go to my couch but now I will switch from standing to sitting rather than switching from whatever to couch which yep. I think is a really big benefit but I want a walking pad so bad too like, so bad so bad and I know <laughs> Allie I know Allie Rose Co this is the second time mentioning her this episode but she gets so many like hate comments that are like it's not real exercise I refuse to believe that 
Also, like, who I cares? Refuse. Like, literally shut up. And I, I really want it because, well, just for, like, working and, like, productivity. But also, I know that when Austin and I go on, go on our honeymoon, your girl is not conditioned to walking right now. Because I literally, no, literally work from home. And I need to, like, and, like, I'm sorry, but going to Planet Fitness for 30 minutes to an hour, that doesn't do any, like, yeah, for, like, fitness. But, like, that doesn't help with walking unless you literally st- like stay on the treadmill for like hours on end that's not going to be the equivalent to like walking around Italy so exactly and I just feel like yeah us convincing ourselves we need to spend $400 on walking pads <laughs> live on the podcast that's what you're receiving right now is us literally this is the conversations that we have with each other via text it's like <laughs> but I definitely need it because how am I supposed to walk around Italy <laughs> and how am I expected to be walking around Italy how, if I do literally not what is pad? the other option at this point I and have literally to. what is the point of going on my honeymoon if I don't have a walking pad <laughs> literally our text messages and voice messages and should I be ma- even getting married without a walking pad well, probably not but no what's so funny is that this episode that be is absurd is going out the last week of September and I almost guarantee that at least one of us will probably have one in an episode <laughs> earlier than this <laughs> You can hear the, like, treadmill sound. <laughs> I almost guarantee it. I order it tonight. <laughs> I was looking at it this morning. Yeah, we don't have any self-control. No. We, need, <laughs> we need another financial uh, planner on the podcast, please. Literally. I'm me me t- texting my bookkeeper being like, can I afford a walking pad this month? Um, like, no. Anyway, I guess we should go ahead and talk about who our guest is today and get yes. into the episode. So today we had Audrey Saccone on. She is um, a she she has two businesses. So Audrey Digital as well as Launch BFF. So she's kind of a marketer, launch strategist. Yeah, she does coach kind of kind of she's kind of full service um, and does all kinds of things. But we specifically found her through and talked about her business launch BFF today. So we kind of talked about launch strategy, why you should have launch strategy, um, how to kind of set your expectations for a launch and how to prepare for a launch. Um, so this is good for any business owner who launches anything. We talked about products, we talked about courses, we talked about services, um, just all kinds of things. So it was a really great episode and she had a bunch of really great tips. So Alexis, unless you have any other riveting information to share, I guess we should go ahead and get into the episode with Audrey. Uh, I was racking my my brain for anything Draco or Tom Felton related, but I can't think of anything, so I'm going to leave it there. Well, let's just go ahead and get into it. <laughs> Hi, Audrey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for anyone that is new to you? Thank you for having me. My name is Audrey. I'm a marketing and launch strategist. Me and my team work primarily with online course and membership creators. And I own a marketing agency called Audrey Digital where we do that work. We're a full service agency. So we do everything from copywriting to design through implementation, everything that somebody might need. And then we also have a second business called Launch BFF where we support entrepreneurs through education and free content who are just getting started with launching digital products. I love that. That is amazing. One of the biggest questions that we get, because we were telling you beforehand, um, a lot of our listeners are either, you know, product-based businesses or service-based businesses. There, a lot of our listeners are selling something. Um, so we get questions about launches all the time. I think they're obviously 
can be really scary and intimidating. Um, and they can also sometimes be just like ignored. So let's kind of talk about launches and why they're important in both product and service-based businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, like you said, launching can kind of get a bad rap. It can be really overwhelming, mm-hmm. really scary, but I like to take it back to square one when I talk to clients or when I talk to people who are brand new to launching and just simplify that launching is simply the act of putting something on sale. So when you think about it in those simple terms, it's not as scary as like, oh my God, I have to make $100,000 or oh my God, I have to like run through all of this product that I have. Like it is truly just the act of putting something on sale. And in terms of a lot of what we do when we live launch versus launching something and having it sell for an extended period of time is we're applying urgency to it. So that can be urgency through Mm -hmm. something's only on sale for a limited time. We only have a limited quantity of things. And that can be really important because it's giving somebody a reason to buy. You know, if I'm going to the grocery store and I want to buy a piece of fruit, I can buy a banana that I can buy all year. Or since it's August and I'm in New York, I can go buy some figs, which are one of my favorite fruits and are best and in season in summer. So if I'm going to buy a piece of fruit, I'm going to go buy that fruit that I can only buy for the next four weeks and soak it up while I can. And it's the same thing when it comes to launching. How can you apply that specialness, that sense of urgency for your Mm -hmm. customers? I'm sorry. Sorry, Siri wanted some clarification. I don't know what that meant. Siri wants in on the podcast. Um, How can we be creating that urgency and ultimately actually helping to remove that sense of choice for the customer by saying, buy this thing right now? Yeah, or else. Yes, that is literally <laughs> such. A, <laughs> that's such a good point. I'm I'm in graduate school, getting my master's in mass comm, um, master's in social media, basically. But we um, had a whole week where we were talking about choice and how it's actually like a cultural thing. So in the United States, people are a little bit more obsessed with the idea of choice than in other countries. And we were watching this TED talk, um, and they were basically talking about how in a lot of other countries, like people do not want choice Mm -hmm. and when you like take away choice you you don't want to take it away so much that somebody feels forced but not making somebody sit there and have to like make a decision Mm. um can be really really helpful and can kind of take something off their plate think about how many how many decisions like each of us make every day like I went into the pizza place the other day and um we have this like pizza place where you can like pick your toppings whatever I literally walked in and I said can you just make me something that's good because I've made too many choices today I don't want to make anymore um and so I feel like that's definitely like a really useful idea that you can use to your benefit in your business oh so that's a very good point. absolutely you know there's anecdotally and I'm sure there is some actual data to back this up somewhere but you know people who go to private school and have to wear a uniform they're always so excited mm, to go to college yeah. and get to pick what they wear yes. every day and ev- every one of my friends who went to private school is like oh my god I kind of miss not having to think about what I wear every day like they yeah. they they thought they wanted more options and once they got the options they're like nope it's too much to have to come up with you know a decision every yeah. day totally yes I completely agree I completely agree I, I was a I was a private school girly and I had a uniform um and had the same thing happen to me <laughs> um okay so somebody is you know launching a product they have a launch date set how long should somebody realistically be spending 
both preparing to as well as promoting the launch of a product like how long is a launch in general yeah so the actual i like to think about it from the end all the way up to the top so what we see at least Mm -hmm. in the online course space like our optimal time we tend to lean towards being on sale is about seven to ten days so that's kind of your end piece but backing out from that you're going to going to spend the one to two weeks immediately beforehand, really, really priming people, letting people know it's coming, reminding people to save the date, add it to their calendar. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can expect, preparing people to make that buying decision. And then backing out from that probably could be anywhere from three to even six months, letting people know that something's coming. If you're in the product mm-hmm. space, for example, you know, I, we just helped a client launch a physical product and that's been in development for over a year. And, you know, we've been dropping little hints, we've been sharing little behind the scenes for the past year so that now as people are ready to buy, they're like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this for so long. I've been watching the whole process. So Mm -hmm. it can really depend. And, you know, you want to make sure to use that time in advance to make it easy for people to buy. Definitely. So what I know that from my experience, I used to sell physical products and I looking back, especially now with my master's in creative business leadership, I'm like, what? Well, literally, what was I doing? That was truly embarrassing. Everything was just blatantly (laughs) wrong. Um, But I feel like a lot of what I did was just say like, this thing is coming this day. And then I'd be like, all right, I shared it with them, but that was not like enough. So what are some other kind of ways to promote a launch besides, but just giving like the date on like a story? Yeah. So I'm going to share something that a friend of mine did. Um, Her name is Ashley Pollard. We did not support her on this launch, but I very attentively followed along. She released a morning routine kit a couple months ago and it had a journal, um, some affirmation cards and an essential oil just like to create a whole like this is what you do as part of your morning routine Mm -hmm. and for the six to nine months before she shared her morning routine every single day not Mm -hmm. that exact journal but Mm -hmm. her journal that she had she said that you know I I make sure to bring out my essential oils I pull an affirmation card I journal for the day and every single day she talked about this practice so much so that people started asking her what notebook do you use? What essential oils do you use? And asking to be Mm. part of that process with her. And then as the product got further in development, she was getting ready to share. She, you know, added a hashtag and started encouraging other people to do their morning routines. Not saying that that was what she was releasing, but, you know, starting to get more people in on the process so that by the time she did release her morning routine kit, she had probably a hundred, I have no idea because I didn't ask her, but probably dozens if not you know hundreds of sales in that first day because people were so primed into being that process and wanted they had developed their own habit but wanted to be even closer to the habit that she had helped them establish right and I feel like it also made more like doing it that way it made a lot more sense for her brand that instead of just like all of Mm -hmm. a sudden coming out with this journal and this essential oil that you've literally never once talked about then that's not going to make any sense. And people are going to be like, what? But with strategically six months before starting to implement that into your content, that makes it so much more of a connection between the client or customer and the business owner. I love that idea. 
Yeah, that's a a way more authentic way um, because something that we've talked about on this podcast and that is kind of like a big thing in marketing is like the the 80-20 split Mm -hmm. on social where, you know, 80% is supposed to be valuable content, 20 is salesy. That's a good way to, it can be from somebody who's launched things before, it definitely can be difficult to be like try and make content about a launch mm-hmm. that isn't salesy. Um, and that's a really good way to authentically, she kind of made herself like the morning routine girl. And then obviously people are going to be like, Oh, that, that makes sense. And I, you know, I've, I've been asking her, be, been DMing her about this and that, whatever. And then she can be like, Oh, here we go. You know? Yeah. And look, it's, it's really hard for us to do that as entrepreneurs, I think, because you know, it's, yes, right. it's so hard to keep a secret and to not be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can't need to tell you everything I'm working on. And and also get that validation from your audience that you're working on the right thing to know that it might actually sell. But, right. you know, waiting can really pay off and really being smart and strategic with what the value is that you're providing. So that when you do go to sell, like you said, it feels like a really natural evolution versus a, you know, just out of the blue, here's a new product. Totally. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so we definitely have a lot of people who have smaller businesses or kind of just starting out listening to the podcast. Um, I'm in that boat as a service provider. Uh, You know, Alexis used to sell products and now is doing content creation more. So, but um, when you're kind of prepping for a launch, that can be a confusing time of, you know, there's, you need to set goals, you need to, you know, make plans, you have to like, you're thinking about finances, you're thinking about all this kind of stuff. So to kind of break it down to be a little bit more digestible, when someone is prepping for a launch, whether they're a service provider or a you know product-based business, what are some of the major things that they should be focusing on or the major things that they need to consider to be prepared for that launch day, launch week kind of time? Yeah. So the first thing that I always tell people to do, and we talk about this a lot in our course as well, is make a list of every single asset you're going to need and just Mm -hmm. almost like have your own free write session with it because you start to like like ideate off of that and get really specific you know don't write emails because of course you're probably going to need some emails but like what emails probably gonna need some sales emails Mm -hmm. onboarding emails abandoned card emails like get super specific with all the categories the number And just get super clear on like, what are all of the assets that you need to create and do this as far in advance as possible. Like try to do this six months in advance, because from there you can really be like, oh my goodness, this is a lot of content to create. I need to hire help or, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, this is a lot of content to create. I need to start today and not two weeks Mm -hmm. before, you know? So (laughs) by having that scope of like what your final deliverables are, even if you're creating them all yourself you can actually be realistic about what you can do. And I even advise people go through it with a highlighter after like green things that these are things you absolutely have to have, you know, Mm. maybe yellow are things that these would be a nice to have cross out things that you just don't need. And just like I said, have that fun brainstorming session with yourself. And then you can use that the next time you launch when you maybe have all those base assets created to say, oh my goodness, you know what? I had that great idea to do this thing last time. I didn't have enough time to do it, but now I can do it. So by giving yourself the space to do that, you've now essentially created ideas for many launches to come and you have a realistic, you know, plan of action that you can create. You now have assets to create a work back off of, you know, and actually get Mm -hmm. things done. That's so true. Yeah. (laughs) 
looks like, so cute. I really did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally just thinking about everything. I really messed and, it up last yeah. time. No, but it's also I think that that like I was thinking about my shitty work in the past, but then I also think that like that concept of like kind of a brain dump almost, and then like going through and segmenting, but making sure that it's really really specific. I think that that can be used in so many aspects of business, not just launching. I think Katie and I were trying to get our shit together, honestly, for the podcast. And I feel like she and I, after this, I'm like, Katie, let's go do that. Um, just like literally write down everything that we need to do and go through and like, you know, put it, put things together that make, make sense together, get rid of things that we thought we needed, but we don't actually need. I think that that's a really smart thing for any, honestly, any business owner, including a creator, you know, anybody can do that, I feel like. Yeah, and I definitely feel like with a launch, something that was difficult for me in the past um, when I've launched things is it really does feel like it's very far away and it just kind of feels like, sometimes it can feel like, oh, isn't the hard work going to be like after when I'm trying to make people buy it? Like, don't I need to be, you know, worrying about after it's already available? Um, When I think if you kind of change your mindset, like you said, and you give yourself that time beforehand, then you're not like drowning and floundering and posting like, crappy content and sending out like lazy emails the week of because you didn't give yourself enough time and now you're trying to be like oh guys I forgot to tell you guys but this thing (laughs) is out now so if you guys want it then that would be really awesome then anyway please buy it (laughs) um so I feel like that's really important too but okay so for obviously you know when you're launching an online course size isn't really a factor but for somebody who has a product-based business or somebody who maybe is launching a series of courses or something like that, how do you recommend that um, the business owner kind of picks the size of the launch? Like how much they should be releasing at once? How much product, you know, what? how do they know what's kind of right for them? So I think there's two pieces to this. One is how many products are on sale and then how many units of that product. So right. I think on the first piece mm-hmm. of it first, this goes back to what we were talking about right at the beginning in terms of choice. You know, if I go to, I'm a really big candle fan. If anybody sees any clips from this, you will see that I've got many, many candles behind me. I love candles. We have have candles to all of our clients, like just a big fan of candles. And I get a lot of candles from Hotel Lobby Candle. And they have like four regular scents. And then they will occasionally do like a seasonal drop. And it is always Mm. one scent. And it is a limited quantity and they always sell out. And even if I don't need a candle, because as you might be able to see, there are about a dozen behind me. I always have an extra five or six on standby. You know, I will be like, okay, I can only buy this one this week. I got it. I know I don't need a candle, but let's get it. Let's just get it while Mm -hmm. it's here. So how can you eliminate that choice for people? Because now in another month, when another candle comes out for a week, even if, again, I don't need a candle, if the scent is like my style or I think it might be a good gift for somebody, I'll buy it because it's only available for a short period of time. So yeah, if you have five products you want to launch, maybe instead of launching them all at the same time, you can strategically launch one or two of them at a time. Mm-hmm. You could even, you know, use one as like a backdoor or a back option for a second one if they're related, like if you have a higher ticket whether it's a physical product or a digital product or a service, you can say, hey, buy this now. Anyone who had gotten on a wait list for that but didn't buy it, you know, maybe they would be great Mm -hmm. to buy this other offer, you know, and you can Mm -hmm. sell it to them that way. So by not putting them all out at once, you're 
giving people fewer choices, which will actually make them more likely to buy. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to quantity, you know, it really depends on the business, which is like the least helpful answer I could give. You know, if it's a digital product and you can do unlimited, you know, that's fine. Lean more on the scarcity of time. If you have a physical Mm -hmm. product, you know, see, see what's realistic for you. You know, maybe look at a typical month. If you're, let's, if you sell shoes and you typically sell 150 pairs of shoes a month, maybe you want to say, okay, I'm going to do 250 of the special edition and see how that goes. It's a little higher, Mm -hmm. but it's not so far away that it feels unrealistic. And then if you're a Mm -hmm. service provider and you're launching a service, you really have to go off of what you can literally do. Yeah, time. Yeah, and, like, what's your time and what can you actually offer people? Right. I have a question about, um, like, with the digital products. I think that that, that's a really interesting space, and especially when, like, you don't have to be, like, it's obviously almost everything is beforehand like it's the creation of the product it's the launch and then you put it out there and then besides like maintenance it's really just that um so my question is if you've already done the work and you don't have to worry about you know stock and like the shipment of the product or whatever is it still better to have that limited time and be like you can only get this now or should you do like for a limited amount of time, you get a sale price and then it'll go to a regular price and that will be just on the website. What do you think kind of is the situation there? It totally depends on the price and the type of product that it is. So Mm. if it is maybe more of a course or membership, maybe there's like a live element to it or you want a class, like a cohort to go through it together, I would recommend using the urgency of time and saying, we're going to start together. We're going to kick off. You can do like a group email sequence. You know, Mm -hmm. you can like add that level of touch to it. And you can do that without, you know, necessarily creating a bunch of new material every time. Right. If it is more of a digital good, let's say it's a template or it's a guidebook, something that is lower price, maybe under $150. You could definitely do like flash sales. You could do... Uh, release mm-hmm. pricing where it's a lower cost when the first week that it's out and then it goes up to full price. So there's a lot of things you could play with, but it depends mm-hmm. on what the product is, who your audience and what's going to be most effective for them. Totally. So kind of in that same vein, um, we have obviously a lot of people who are releasing, um, let's use Allie as an example. One of our friends who's been a guest on the podcast twice she has a product-based business and she's kind of releasing things pretty consistently so obviously you know we talked about a launch is just releasing something but should in your opinion every product surface offer course etc be launched where you know three to six months before you're making that plan you're doing you know all this stuff your emails content you know all of that kind of stuff or do you suggest that business owners only kind of do that for larger offerings? I think if you're releasing content, let's say monthly, you know, you wouldn't necessarily need to do a bigger launch every month, but you might want to do some sort of announcement. Mm -hmm. And then you maybe save that launch for something special that you do maybe twice a year, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's an anniversary sale or Black Friday. Mm -hmm. I was going to say Black Friday is perfect time. Yeah, there's, like, different ways to prepare and use these different, like, sale dates for these bigger promotions 
if you know you're a product based business that's releasing content all the time you know or mm-hmm. you know maybe you have a shop with Canva templates for example and you're going to partner with somebody else who's in the space and you're going to do a collaboration with them like that might be something mm-hmm. that's special and something mm-hmm. you don't always do so you might mm-hmm. want to give that a little bit more attention than what you would do for a typical product launch Definitely. So I also wanted to talk about kind of, I guess you could say kind of more the like emotional side of a launch because there is like a lot of stress that goes with that. And I think a lot of the stress that is with that is Mm -hmm. really not understanding or not knowing or being able to expect how the result is going to turn out. Um, Mm -hmm. So how do you suggest that business owners kind of balance that like optimistic side of like, this is going to do great and kind of the realistic side or maybe pessimistic side of like, maybe it won't. How do you kind of uh, suggest that they balance that? So with the exception of my clients who have very large audiences, everybody who's launching for the first time, I tell them to basically expect no profit. Right. And Mm -hmm. to basically use your first launch as a testing ground to put the offer out in the market and see how it does. You know, maybe shoot for 10 sales. I bet almost everybody listening to this can get 10 sales or something. You know, we all have those three or four people who buy everything we sell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, maybe one Mm -hmm. or two friends, we could get them into a pity buy. And then, you know, a couple (laughs) other people. Your mom. (laughs) Yeah, your mom can buy it. And then, you know, you can probably get like a couple of people who you've been chatting with like on social or who are on your email list to maybe buy something for the first time. So get those 10 sales get something that's realistic and then off of that get make sure you're getting testimonials from them make sure you're getting feedback Mm -hmm. and then use the data you have about okay like you got 10 sales and maybe you only had like 80 views to your sales page you know that's more than a 10 percent conversion rate which is really great how can you get more eyeballs next time Mm -hmm. and then more sales how can you get as much data that first time you launch even if it is like a quote unquote small launch and use that to go bigger and better the next time. Every successful course creator, which is like mostly my industry that I know about, mm-hmm. has had a bad first launch, whatever right. bad means to them. And, mm-hmm. and that could truly really be like they lost money, they had three sales, they had 10 sales, you know, but they just, they didn't do that well and now have like multiple six or seven figure launches on a regular basis because mm-hmm. they used that one to iterate and push through and didn't give up. Yeah. Totally. I love that so much. I think that that's something that I've learned in school too, is that like, when, even when you have a quote unquote failure, it sounds so like cliche, but really using that information and mistakes that you made to further your next venture or your next business idea or your next product or next launch or whatever, I think that that is very important to learn that yeah, you might get discouraged from a bad, quote-unquote, bad launch, but you shouldn't let that stop you from going on and working on the next one, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So so much of the time we measure the success or failure on the money aspect totally. of the launch, which is important, right? None of us got into business to only lose money. Like, we got into <laughs> be, to yeah. create a profitable business, hopefully. You know, but to exactly what you're saying, there are so many other metrics that we can use and lean on that make it a successful launch in so many other ways because you learned so, so much that you can use to do even better next time. Definitely. 
So when you're working with your clients, um, what is, what are, I guess, what are the things that you're looking at after, you know, first launch, second launch, the things you're looking at, the metrics and all of that stuff post-launch that you're using in the next one for, you know, to kind of inform what, like, what are some examples of things that, you know, if somebody was just doing it themselves, what should they be paying attention to? On the simplest side, we look at traffic and conversion rate. So mm. how many visits are we yeah. getting to a waitlist page, to a sales page? If we're doing some sort of, you know, launch event, a webinar, a challenge, something like that, again, how much traffic is mm-hmm. that getting? How many mm-hmm. conversions are we getting? So that's on the simplest side. And obviously, then we also look at like revenue as it relates to a launch. And then working back, um, I'll also try to look at, you know, what other things that people who buy opt into. You know, did they opt into these freebies that we launched six months ago? Did they participate on this campaign? We try to keep as much um, data inside of our email platform as possible in terms of where they originally came from so that we can use that as information moving forward. Do they engage with our email list every week? Did they come in through an ad? Did they engage with us on social media? You know, we'll use things like UTMs to, again, track as much of that information as possible and try to make an informed decision moving forward. Definitely. Um, So back to the emotional side. (laughs) Um, What do you kind of suggest that, I guess we kind of already answered this question, but what would maybe the first like three steps that a business owner takes after they have a launch that performs quote unquote poorly? Number one is do something nice for yourself. You just did something really hard and that took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And even if you didn't meet your expectations, you still did something really great. So whether that's going out to a nice dinner with your girlfriends or your partner or whomever, or getting a massage, which is like my favorite thing to do, you know, go do something to reward yourself for a job well done and to just decompress a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and truly take a couple of days, you know, let it all sink in, let it process, think about it, but don't necessarily act right away. Right. And after that, you know, staying on feelings, write all of those feelings down. What are all the things you wish you did? What are the things that went well? What are the things that went poorly and can be improved upon? You know, just write all those things out because when you go to do that brainstorm for next time that you're now going to do for every single launch, you can actually reflect on all of those anecdotal thoughts that you had. And then mm-hmm. a couple of days after that, once you actually start looking into your data and seeing how things do, see if your data matches what you thought and felt anecdotally. You know, some of the yeah. best business owners I know don't look at their data that much. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> They do, but you know, not, they're not like looking in there every single day and they really go off of gut and how much they know their audience and what they know performs well. And I do want you to do that. But as you're just getting started out, make sure you're always doing a gut check against your data. Does what you think and feel actually match what the numbers are telling you? And, you know, then just start planning the next one. Yeah. And I feel like that's obviously, I really like what you said about taking time to be like, okay, you can be, you know, you can be upset, you can be excited. Same thing if you have a launch that goes really, really well. I feel like a lot of times there's still, as much as there is that sadness if something goes wrong, there's that, oh, am I bragging if something goes right, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, if you have a great launch, have a, you know, fun dinner. If you have a bad launch, have a fun dinner. Yeah. You know, it's, I think so often with things like launches, a lot of the weight is put into 
like you said, money or like how many people looked at it, how many people liked this Instagram post where, you know, no matter how many people did this and that and whatever, like you said, you still did all of this work and you put a lot of work into it and that should be celebrated as well because it will pay off even if it's not paying off immediately right then, Mm -hmm. it will pay off in the future with, you know, you're learning something every single time you do it. Um, So I love all of that and all of that is really, really amazing advice for my next launch, um, which God knows when that'll be, but now I know how to do it. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and get into random question. Random question. I always, it used to be random questions and now we've gone down to one. So it's just random question. Um, okay. So today's random question is if you were a dog, what breed would you be? And Audrey, you can start. Um, this is a very fun question for me because I just got a puppy two months ago. Um, I would not be the type of dog he is. He is an Eskimo. But if I were any dog, I would be a terrier. And that comes from my first boss I ever had who would always come up to me and be like, you're just like a terrier. You're small and persistent. And (laughs) if anything else hasn't described me better, I mean, that's really it. I love that. I love that. I love that. Alexis, what do you think? Um, I would say I am probably a chihuahua. We used to have a family chihuahua, and everyone would say that. Okay, but only Chi Chi. Yeah, only Chi Chi. Like, not... Yeah, not. Yeah, literally just Chi Chi. Not like the ones that are like. Rah! No, no, <laughs> just Chi Chi. Chi Chi, she passed away like a few months ago, and or like a year ago at this point. But she was very funny and sassy and sweet, but she could definitely hold her own. And we always have uh, golden retrievers that are like massive and. She a thousand percent ruled the house. Um, she was definitely the queen and the the boss. And I feel like I'm I'm not even five foot. So and all of my fiance's friends are very tall, and I feel like I am the boss in that group, <laughs> or at least I uh-huh. like to think I am. Uh, but Katie, what are you? Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I actually I came up with a random question today, and this was one of the many questions that, I, like, I'm just a question girl like I love playing 20 questions with people I like just like asking people random questions so this weekend I was hanging out with my boyfriend a couple of his friends and my brothers and I we were playing the what dog would you be game um and I got people told me that I would be a corgi I'm not so sure about that um I don't really know the reasoning but I'm gonna go with corgi because that's what people told me if you would have asked me myself I probably would have said lab but that only has to do with the fact that we grew up with labs I don't actually think I embody the lab vibe. You don't. Um, but anyway, um, Audrey, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Um, it was an amazing conversation, and I know that our audience will learn a ton from you. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on the internet if they want to see more content from you. Absolutely. You can follow us on Instagram at LaunchBFF, and our agency is at Audrey Digital. But definitely go check out Launch BFF because we have a ton of free content and resources that we share over there. And, you know, we've got a really great Canva testimonials template that is really, it's free. And it's great if any of you use social proof, which hopefully all of you do. And we'll be launching our course in October, which we're very, very excited about. So lots of free content that will be coming out around that very soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, follow us on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic and TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. 
If you want to support our show, text the link to this episode to a friend, share when you listen to CYA on your story, or leave a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from us, be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll talk to you next Monday. See ya.